Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Soul Led. You have asked, so I am delivering. Today, we have my friend and colleague and all the things, Kate Van Horn of the Tarot class, the Tarot Kate. Everybody knows Tarot Kate, right? We have so much crossover that we were just talking about that we even have to like get our schedules together because a lot of our students are upset when our scheduling interferes. So welcome, Kate. (laughs) So excited to have you. So excited to talk about cards and your journey and all that. So welcome. Yes. Thank you for having me, Nikki. It's really exciting to be on Soul Ed and yeah, just love this community. So excited to chat. Mm-hmm. Wow. So guys, we're going to talk a little bit about Kate's story and actually we have so much intertwining, I feel like. Kate and I were definitely like probably running like two different witch uh, groups at the same time, you know, like you probably were like in Ireland and I was like, I don't know, somewhere in some other country. I'm sure we were running at the same time, Kate. So We'll have to look into that. So, Kate, but you didn't always do cards. Um, you didn't always know you were super, you know, intuitive or you would never call yourself a psychic or anything like that. And sorry, guys, just to give you a background, Kate is like all the things. I mean, she does beautiful tarot card read- readings. She teaches. So, I mean, she, I feel like she's just like leading the teaching of them in a way that's intuitive, but also like true to the decks as well. And um, she's a healer. She's just this beautiful, she's a beautiful content creator, all the things, but she has a bit of a journey of how she got here. So I would love for you to share that a little bit, Kate. Yeah. So I, you know, my journey with spirituality really began when I was moving through a a period of shadow. I was working through um, some things, you know, mental health wise and, you know, where we usually find spirituality and faith. And it really did begin as just like a self-practice, something that was putting me um, in a space of more mindfulness and more intention. And I loved it for that, you know, in the forms of meditation and yoga, I was dabbling, you know, trying breath work, anything that was kind of piquing my interest in tarot was included within that. And I got my first deck um, close to like seven years ago now, and just started very slowly with that particular tool. But fast forward and I was working in the events space in wellness. I was leading uh, different events and and hosting them with my two business partners and Nikki. That's how we connected with her originally. And we're bringing different, you know, talent and incredible healers on the stage. And fast forward a little more, we shifted out of that. And in this past like two years, I've really, really just narrowed down to providing different offerings of my own, a different whether it's like more coaching style or one-on-one readings, I've been kind of refining it throughout the process. And Nikki was a huge mentor to me. I did Soul Teacher the very first round. And that just like... (laughs) I was like, like poor Soul Teacher one and two. We're so much better now, but... (laughs) So I, I gained so much from that experience and it really, really changed my reading style. So now I, I like to blend the psychic work and the channeling that, you know, Nikki's really uh, led me to with tarot, which was something that began as just reflective for me and self-practice for me and started to become something I really studied, you know, more traditional study around it. And here I am just kind of watching as this unfolds. I definitely have, you know, goals for the future for it, but 
right now I'm really enjoying like one-on-one work, coursework, and I have you to thank for that. Okay. Thank you. I have you to thank for, I feel like so many of the beautiful relationships that I have today. It's so weird how like that event that, so she, I went to speak at one of her events in Austin and made two very good friends, um, you know, from, from those events and just, there's been so many connections like through each other. So I feel I'm so grateful for our friendship too. Kate, so did, when you were doing those events, did you ever like look at people on stage and, and think you wanted to be there? Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, public speaking is not my jam. <laughs> I can't say that I was ever envious of you guys standing in front of hundreds of people, but I knew that I wanted to be of service in a way that you know, helped and led others with similar stories to me, empowered women to really feel comfortable and grateful for their stories, even the parts of their stories that, that triggered shame or, you know, uncomfort. But yeah, I think I was looking to that and I wanted to be within it. I just didn't know where my voice was needed or what I was still figuring out my gifts. And when you're not sure of that purpose and the gift, then I think it's really hard to feel confident in sharing it. So it's funny now in our our world right now, as it stands, you know, with pandemic, et cetera, you know, events aren't what they used to be. And I'm so curious if we had continued that path where it would have taken, taken me like speaking wise, but I actually, I kind of enjoy the more like intimate, like more, more personal, smaller scale. And maybe that'll change, but for now. <laughs> That's so true. I know the, the I never thought I, I could do like groups, like big groups like that either, but I mean, sometimes you're forced to do those things, Kate, you'll see. True. <laughs> Usher you into those places. Speaking of, so would you call, would you consider yourself more of an introvert? Absolutely. Yeah. And then, so doing this work as an introvert and it's, you know, you have, you have a beautiful audience and, and following and people love you and all that stuff. So how, as an introvert, like how, you know, if anybody maybe wants to do this work and is afraid because maybe their personality doesn't necessarily look like it matches the kind of work? Like what are things that have worked for you? Well, I think the cards in particular have really given me a chance to have more depth in conversations. I think that's what I enjoy. Like an empath and an introvert loves a a deep combo. Like it's the small talk that we can't do. Like we don't relate. So I think that that was something, there's a curiosity that's peaked, even if someone doesn't know much about tarot and to have now this tool that I feel very confident and proud to like explore, even if it is casually, I think that's really helped me find the really great, you know, relationships and friendships and connections that do feel a little bit more explore. Like we were exploring those things together and and that's fun for me. So I'm not sure if that's, you know, necessarily a tip, but what I, I think is when you find something that just really lights you up and then you can find the souls that are also lit up by it or curious about it. It's a lot easier to get out of your shell. Totally. It's funny. I, um, I'm also an introvert. I'm, I'm like all cancer. I have, I have Leo moon. So that's what lets me kind of do this, like show up this way, which is how people see me. But I mean, I'm, I need all the alone time and I need, you know, um, I got all the energy from being on my own. So when we were growing up in Miami, we would go clubbing all the time. Like that was just like our thing when we were in our twenties. And even like before that, I was like going to clubs at 16. It was crazy. But anyways, my girlfriend (laughs) had (laughs) only to imagine like me and my like tight outfit and like ready to go. But that was, that was like, that's growing up in Miami. So, um, but my girlfriend's always had this joke because 
we would like be out, you know, at a bar or whatever, at a club dancing. And everybody would be like, where's Nikki? Where's Nikki? And then everybody would make the joke that like, of course, Nikki's in some corner talking to some guy in this deep, deep conversation, like a two hour deep conversation. Not because we liked each other, just it's like two introverts, like found two empaths found each other at a club. And like <laughs> we were able to t- like get away from everybody and talk for two hours. And that was like the ongoing joke. I was like, well, you're going to make me go do these things. It's just, that's how it's going to work. Here's Nikki in the corner talking about aliens or something. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what do you think about God? No. So those were like my, uh, that's definitely how it went for me. Okay. Kate. So tell me when did the cards like start sticking for you? When did you feel like, okay, this is like maybe a thing, like when it started calling you a little more? I think when I started to feel confident and excited to read for other people, which did begin as my friends and family, my more immediate circle, but I was so like fascinated by the way other people perceived the cards, the way they reacted to it. And it was cool because I was noticing my energy's reaction to them, but to see other people's and to spark new conversation, I was like, this feels limitless. Like it it could never get stale, you know? And I think that was something that was really fun for me was I, I realized after a few years, maybe two years or so that I had owned my first deck that I had never missed a day pulling from it, playing with it, using it in some way, shape or form. And that happened like pretty effortlessly. And I think it's just something that like tools wise, just I don't get bored of. And as someone who tends to like want to keep learning new things and kind of bounce around with business ideas and concepts and offerings, like that started to mean something to me. So Um, the consistency and the dedication that like was also met with flow and ease, Mm -hmm. um, was really nice. Yeah. And I think that's something that we totally underestimate like that dedication and that like consistency, you know, in a world that like we look at people when they're in their glow, like glow up moments. And we think everybody's just like naturally talented. Um, we never hear about like the stories of like you doing that thing every day for, you know, three years or whatever, until like it feels natural. So, um, I can see that like, you know, but you do need the curiosity, like you were just excited about the cards and that's probably what made you just continue to practice and do the things. If it's it's something that would bore you or whatever, obviously you're not going to have like the discipline to be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was me. I would sit down and like with my spirit guide and just every day, like, I don't even know what I thought I was doing or where I thought I was going. I didn't know what I was like creating, but because I was curious enough, I just, sat there and that's how, how we got here. So those conversations. Exactly. So I don't know anything about cards. I don't know that about me. So, and it's funny because um, you were just saying that you feel like when you were pulling the cards, like you felt like the information was like endless. Mm -hmm. And I have a very like, um, kind of like rebellious, uh, like kind of, um, I don't like like authority or walls or things like that. And that has a lot to do with the way that I was raised. So I tend to, um, like, I didn't, I didn't want to know tarot. I didn't want to know astrology. I didn't want to know any of those things as I was growing my intuition. Cause I didn't want to be like influenced. And I felt that on the contrary, that it was going to make me like, I had this idea that it was going to like cage me in to what was like naturally coming up for me. Um, but I don't know if it's like me getting into my old age, but recently I just started studying astrology with Chelsea, learning my own chart. And what started happening to me was that I like understood the concepts. Like I'm I'm starting to understand these, like, you know, these different concepts. And then when I look at the 
chart, almost like that intuition part of me that can see like metaphors and all that stuff. Like it's almost like the chart starts like, um, yeah, like it starts like lifting up and I can kind of see what it means to me. Um, the cards, I don't, I, the card, I've always used the cards to, um, practice my intuition. And I, that's how I started just, but I was just using like Oracle decks. I actually do have a deck of like angel tarot cards, but I didn't, I never learned the actual like suits, right? Is that the word? <laughs> um, because I was afraid, but that's definitely not the case as I can see, like, I'm just kind of learning the similar thing in astrology. It's not the case. I'm sure that once I learned the cards, which I been reading a little bit on them, that, that the same thing will happen. I'm afraid that it's so weird. It's like, almost like I'm afraid that, you know, if I pick up the Empress card, let's say, and um, I didn't know what it meant. Like if now that I know what it meant, am I, you know, messing with my own knowing or my my own intuition? Like, am I being influenced by the knowing? What if I would have just like allowed my natural self to flow? That's interesting. And I've heard this before from students. And I think there's, there's different ways to go about it. What I'm hearing from you is you kind of started in the upper chakras, dreamer. It just wanted to be very like loose and expansive in the way that you connect. And to me, that felt very overwhelming. Like I couldn't go there. I didn't have, I hadn't exercised my imagination and my trust, honestly, enough to get there to access my gifts, like starting at that place. So I found it very helpful. And what I'm hearing from you, Nikki, is like, you're kind of now grounding down and seeing yeah. about like in like coming back to earth a bit. Whereas I had to have the tangible, like physical product of my intuition to start to believe it. And then you really helped me bring in the layers too of like, now I'm seeing the cards and I, when I'm teaching, I have to tell people this too. Like we can have a really solid foundation of what the cards mean and respect for like the system, you know, of the 78 cards. They're laid out in a very intentional way, but we're also allowed to bring like free will to, you know, like the ability to just kind of embellish or take it in a different direction. And I think that makes the most like profound reading is a layered reading of like respect for the cards, honor for the tradition, plus like our intuitive gifts kind of interpreting as well. So it takes time to kind of blend the two like directions, but I think that's where I am today. And I I think that's why my readings feel actually more a intuitive, but also more accurate. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, um, what is the history of the cards? Like in the briefest way, I guess, like why, you know, they actually started as a playing card game in the 15th century in Italy. And it was definitely not meant to be any form of like uh, fortune telling or future prediction or psychic work at first. It just over time evolved that way through like the gypsy era and stuff. And now today it's, it's definitely something that holds a lot more stigma due to like, you know, I've heard people be like, that's dark. That's, that's black magic. And I'm like, no. Um, but it really started as just a, a form of storytelling and, and game. And then now over time has definitely taken on more magic and I believe more intention around that. But a lot of people ask me like, you know, can I see my future? I think that's the biggest thing I'm trying to destigmatize around the cards. I think, no, (laughs) you're actually reading the energy of the present, which could give you clues of where you're going, but the cards are just an extension of, of your energetic body. So if you're reading them that way, you can use that as reflection, uh, self-care, checking in, asking what to do differently or better. It's really up to you because it's just, it's your energy. You're kind of 
manipulating uh, during the reading. So you feel like when you pick a card, what's coming through is like kind of law of attraction almost in a way that like my energy is pulling a card that is most matched to the question or my energy that's coming up? Yes, I would say it is more law of attraction. So if someone's going in with a fear-based mindset of I'm so scared what's going to happen to me, cards tell me what's going to happen to me, a product of that anxiety is going to come through. But if you go in kind of asking, what do I need to see? It's probably going to be much more validating of what you're already, you know, what your gut is telling you. I had a feeling that would come up, you know, and, or that card would show up. So I think that they're better used, especially for someone who's not as like, you know, involved in this world or this work and doing it more for personal practice as a form of just like confirmation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually teach spirit guides kind of the same way because to not go like super deep into it, but you know, like your intuition likes to have a reflection if not it's just like in you that's even why like in soul teacher like the paper that you're writing on is so important like we talk so much about like the damn paper that we're writing the notes on um or even like your guide everybody said well what you know some people are like why do i need a spirit guide or why and you know you, you have the choice of your higher self also but they truly are just a reflection of the intuition that's already within you it's just almost like a sounding board so these answers are that you're asking the cards, like you know them to some degree, but they're just kind of like in you scrambled. But then when you pull the card, it's like a reflection of whatever is you're already holding is kind of how I, I, I think it works. Yeah, exactly. And, and I like the way you worded that. It is true. Like our spirit guide will never be able to know for sure, you know, who they are or where they, if they really exist. And that's the point is that they're just what our spirit and our our bodies and souls have been able to kind of articulate as like the communicator, like the the in-between, right? Of whatever it is that we're channeling and working through energetically. So yeah, I agree. I think it's it's definitely it's hard to like conceptualize when you're first starting because we are so like logical and in our in our world and the way we get things done and the way we view information. So this like loose interpretation is something that takes a lot of time to like reverse. Yeah, definitely. So do you, um, speaking of interpretation, so when you get the card, like teaching people how to, um, uh, and the cards I think are also great for helping you learn metaphor because the spirit world is all about, um, you know, like the guides and everything that you see, like in visualizations, if you see them or anything that you're even feeling emotions when you're kind of like trying to read somebody, maybe you don't see anything, but you're feeling a bunch. It's all about interpreting those metaphors and those emotions and stuff. And the cards are nice because like, it's like art, you know, you can look at the art and like, what is that flower telling you? You know, that little moon that's off to the, like the other day I was pulling a card asking about something with my son and cause he's always getting sick. And I was like, why is this kid always getting sick? And there's this beautiful card. There's so much going on the, on the card. But off to the little side, there's like this little deer that almost looked like kind of like a dog. And I'm just staring at that little deer and I'm like, motherfucking deer. Like he's representing my dog, Molly. And I'm like, he has allergies of Molly, like from our dog. Like that's why he looks like he's sick. And sure enough, I went to like test him and I was like, let me play. Let me put, give him some allergy medicine. And sure enough, like the guy was fine after I gave him like regular allergy medicine, you know? So in a way, like the card you know, it's like, but you have to learn to interpret that. Yeah. I think it's like, there's so much packed symbolism in the, and it's funny now when I do like channeling work, 
my guides speak to me a lot through symbolism of tarot. They'll show me a card, they'll, they'll, they'll confirm the, the theme. But that's what's funny when I'm like teaching the, the cards and we're going through each of them, the 78, I, I'll say, you know, this one's really about release or surrender or walking away. And people get really fixated on like what it means to walk away and surrender. And like, it's like textbook then. And I'm like, well, let's be loose about the way that that could show up in our lives. There's so many different kind of ways to skew it. So it sounds like, yeah, it, it's important to kind of look at and what I'm hearing from you, Nikki, and that like experience with your son, which is so cool that the card led you there, but you went in with fresh eyes. You were open to seeing something new. I'm sure it was a card you've seen before, you know? Mm. So that's important too. Oh, that's such a good tip. It's true. You know, especially when you get used to a deck and you kind of, or if you're reading with the decks with people, like you can see the same card over and over again. We do that too. Like I, like even when you do like a chakra read or something and you're, you sometimes like you have a month of the same kind of people because something's happening in the collective and you know, the stars and everything. And it's like, yes, we're, we're all in a season of this. And you start to doubt yourself. I'm like, am I just like making this, am I just like a glorified coach on this topic or something? But, you know, knowing that like that also happens, like sometimes we're in seasons as a collective many times. So you also get like just collective messages. Yeah. I have to watch myself with that. When I'm in readings for tarot, I have to notice like, where am I just using memorization a bit? And I, the same thing, it's so funny. And you're the first person I'm sharing this with because I realized last week, and I'm curious if it ever happens to you in certain chakras, my guides will like, just show me the same thing. Like, and I, I have to tell them like, no, no, no. I know this isn't real. I know this. You're just showing me that like kind of first blanket visual that I'm used to here. So let's go past that. <laughs> like, you do like you have to, sometimes those visuals are kind of like when you're a writer and you have a blank page, um, it's overwhelming to like stare at a blank page, but you just write some sentences that are bullshit that are not going to, you know, whatever, but they at least focus you into the paper. I feel like you'll we'll off, often see that in the reads sometimes too. It's like, you kind of see the same thing and it anchors you to like, okay, this is where we are, but almost like that's the door that we're opening. It's the structure that allows you to like download some like free, some freer stuff basically. So that's so funny. That's happening. Yeah. It's really funny. I'm like, yeah. no, no, just cause we're in the solar plexus doesn't mean you have to show me that. Like go on. More. Good job. Good job. Yes. Always questioning the guides, always questioning the information and trying to get more with your questions, which is, which is so in tarot, like, um, does the question matter? Like, are there different ways to present the question or do you kind of, cause I see that like when you're talking, you try to like, what you're doing is like, you're rephrasing some of the things that I'm saying. And I wonder if that is, um, do you feel like the questions people ask can be better or any difference? I feel that there's a difference between an empowering question versus a question that's going to leave. I don't want to say like, I guess the reason why I really work on developing empowering questions with my students is because the deck holds some pretty heavy cards, some difficult cards to see. So if you're going in ungrounded or not like, you know, in a space to receive some sort of guidance and help and support, those types of cards, the tower, the ten of swords can be really jarring and very triggering. So I feel like starting and, and that said, like you can begin with a question that feels empowering and grounded and more like uh, broad and then continue to define and refine things from there. Like mm -hmm. you can go a little bit more um, specific, but I think opening the energy just to see what's present is a good start, especially because God forbid that first card is very daunting and is a little bit more intimidating or, or scary 
history. I think that's the biggest hesitation of tarot from others is just that some of the messages are quite negative. Um, so to get yourself in a grounded place with your question, asking, what am I about to learn? What am I, rather than what's going to happen to me? What's, you know, is he cheating on me? <laughs> like the things that you don't want to hear are very important. So just kind of keeping that, keeping that awareness. Yeah. And it's funny because like in a reading uh, without cards, I mean, there's sometimes 80% of the reading is, is negative of things that like need to be changed and worked through and shadow work and stuff like that. But I don't have like a card that already has its own stigma. I just have like my sweet little voice that tries to <laughs> tell them this is going to be okay. Um, <laughs> so what are the, the cards are broken up into two, the grant, what is it? Major? Okay, a, little, a little crash course. So the, of the 78, there's two sections. There's the major arcana, which is uh, zero, the fool. The fool is our protagonist of the tarot. I call him like the main character. He, she, they represents this spontaneous, naive kind of leap of faith into discovering our soul and who we are. He journeys through the major arcana, which honestly is the bulk of the deck, even though it's only 22 cards, it ends with the world, which is like karmic completion. So it's a full circle moment, hence the name of my class. And uh, he really like moves through these big lessons and themes that are very much about spiritual evolution and discovering his soul purpose. Mm. Then, you know, that's more the, the higher stuff, his his journey toward, towards enlightenment, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Whereas the minor arcana, which is, there's more cards, there's four suits within it. Each of them have 14 cards within the, each suit. They represent the four different elements, earth, fire, water, air. And this is the more 3D stuff. This is the cycles that we can repeat over and over, you know, buying a new house, outgrowing that house, moving out of that house, mm-hmm. or beginning a relationship, it gets rocky, we conclude that relationship. And these are like where we see more everyday conflict. We see more everyday connection with others and our environment. It's more like tangible stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So more like the details kind of of life. Details, yeah. So a lot of it is like, so if I pull cards and I pull three, four, five cards for someone and there's a major arcana card and then a lot of minor arcana cards. I'm holding the major arcana as like the anchor and the theme of what they're going through. And the challenge in how they're learning that lesson is showing up through the minor arcana. So the overarching theme might be, you know, the lovers is a card of, of values and choices based on those values. People think it's all about romance a little bit, but not all. And then, you know, what they're going through and what they're seeing show up in their environment is challenging their values. Okay. Oh, beautiful. That's so helpful. I didn't know that. Okay. So I have these two, actually they're right behind me. I can show you. A girlfriend of mine gave me these like two, they're just made out of wood. They're really just cute, like decor. Um, High priestess and empress. Yeah. So I always have them up here and recently the high priestess keeps like falling and the empress like just stays up. Right. And I always pull the empress card. Not, I did, I don't know what it means. So the other day, I think it was like last week, I was like, you know, Ellie's, Ellie is a student. She's a friend of mine, but also a student of both of ours. And uh, she's like super into the cards. I think that's like going to be her like place. And she loves Kate. So I was like, oh, let me text her and ask her. And she's like, oh, she's like the empress. She's like, you are the empress. Like, she's like, if I were to make a deck of cards, like you'd be the empress. Like, so she was kind of saying that like, I embody the empress energy. And then she's like, it also can mean pregnancy. And I was like, 
<laughs> Listen, I was like, no, thank you. And then this weekend, Benny, like on Saturday morning, my husband, he's like, no, like now that we've like changed everything, like we can have more kids. I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> I'm going to be 40 next July. Like, no, thank you. Like I am like done with that stage. So anyways, guys, I think we can all agree that Nikki does not need another child, right? Everybody, could you imagine? I mean, listen, if if the universe wills it, then so be it. But I'm hoping that that that's not the meaning of the card for me. So what is the Empress? Yes, I would love to kind of explain what I'm seeing for you between those two cards and the way the high priestess keeps falling down so that you can- Oh, cool. The Empress. So the differences between the two, they're both the goddesses of the tarot. They're the most feminine, you know, divine femininity is what they're, they're holding where the empress is more like lower chakras is what I associate her with. The high priestess is more the upper chakras. High priestess is an absolute goddess of like psychic wisdom. She rests in being passive and non-active to receive her information. She trusts that the secrets and the shadows will come to her. I love that about her for you in the way that you've been developing your business and like being truly like in that state of like now with the Empress showing up, it is a card of fertility, but it's also a card of creation. So creating from the body, it's ruled by Venus. So it's associated with beauty and embodiment and this kind of like more uh, tangible, like outpouring of your gifts through physical representation, like even the fact that you're working on like the, the land and the property and things like that, that's all much more empress. It's less metaphorical and more physical. So I think oh, the way that you're channeling your work right now, maybe babies with Benny, but I think <laughs> you're like, probably not. I think oh, for no. the way you're just, you're embodying a lot of this and, and creating like physical spaces to represent it. And yeah, just kind of focusing yeah. a little bit more on the lower body. Kate, I'm getting a free reading from Kate, guys. This is great. So <laughs> it's that's so interesting. So um we I'm working on a book. So that's like putting all this knowing. It's basically everything that I teach, but in a book. So like physical form. And then we're starting like in-person like meetups with all of the the soul collective family. And like we're starting to do um, these things where people get to see each other. So we're like everything that was just happening like digitally is now going into like physical form. So that's so interesting. It's much more physical. Less mm-hmm. of the less of the ideas and the flow with your guides and more of the embodiment practices. So interesting. Yeah. And also like I've been having these, like every time I go to the land, I keep getting these visions of different rituals that are going to happen in different places. And I don't practice a lot of rituals right now. Um, I don't really need to, like I can just close my eyes and go there. Um, But the land is like showing me flashes of like what's going to happen in all these different places, which are all very, they're all very physical, right? Like an actual real ritual. That's awesome. I can't wait to be at one. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so cool. I didn't know why I had those cards. I love that. How did you start like bringing your intuition into the understanding of the cards? Like, did anything change for you? I think I started to really activate other psychic senses while working with the cards. So what used to be more, you know, the visual trigger of I'm seeing that card. So I know what that means. So I can start to tap in. I was more effortlessly like hearing, especially clear audience started to kick in the most. Um, So I think that's been a huge shift in the past year or so of like, refining kind of my technique to access the information and and my way of kind of just dropping in intuitively with a client and it's all shifted through learning what like who my guides were 
how to hear them, how to access them and trusting that they were with me in a reading too. I think that changed as well. I used to just, you know, pull cards and hold space as me, which is absolutely enough. Like that's, that's still informative and helpful and supportive too. But I think like calling in my guides and having them resting around us to bring such a depth and a change to the way things kind of effortlessly come out and flow. So I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's like having like some like fairy dust with you too, because, um, you know, you can come from your higher self and like you said, that's like more than enough, but as you always know, like working in groups are great because you get like different perspectives and these guides, because they have different personalities and like different, you know, places of expertise. There's a little bit of like a whisper that can come in from their perspective. That is something that like, you know, your current human self, like doesn't have that awareness just yet because, you know, you're still in physical form, um, you're still in physical body. And we're still like at the, you know, like we're, we're still to some extent, like stuck in this little, like, you know, box that only allows, like you said that looking at the cards, you have to be open to seeing something new and being open to like, you're, it sounds like you're really always trying to open up your mind to like any sort of thing that can come through. And that's why like the guides are helpful because it's something like, so out there that can bring us information that's like separate from like what we know at this moment in time. So, yeah. So just letting it be what it's meant to be too. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you're in high priestess mode, right? Sounds like. Kind of. Yeah. I'd say um, it's weird. I I think right now we were talking about this before, like starting the interview, I'm, I'm in the process of moving and shifting some things physically. So in that sense, I'm, I'm in empress mode, but yeah, still kind of like waiting for a bit more of the call of, of what's next. And that's been a huge like process of surrender for me. I was always working on the next big, you know, I, I don't want to say big idea, but the next like iteration of my business, even back in the day when I was doing something very different with the events, it was always, you know, what's next, what's next. And that's been a really peaceful place to rest in the last six months or so. And, um, I know that like that whisper will get louder and it'll be more clear, but yeah, kind of just easing back right now. And it feels really good. feels really nice. That's so nice. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta like put your head down and do whatever's like calling you at that exact moment. And we can't think too much far, you know, we can have all these visions of the future, but if we're not like grounding it into this moment, none of that. So actually speaking of future, I guess a lot of people, especially with readings, obviously we all attract people that want to know the future um, and looking for a reading for that. And you spoke briefly about saying that um, you don't feel that necessarily the cards are going to tell you the future. It's just it's telling you about our energy right now, which can lead to having some ideas about the future. Um, I was always really afraid of um, predictions because, you know, just afraid to get them wrong and all that kind of stuff. But now I have the same understanding that basically like you take a person and this is the path they're on today. And from this path, you can walk a little forward and start to see like these possibilities you know, even though, but what's so interesting is like, I've definitely given readings where the person didn't like what I had to say, and they took it as an opportunity to change everything. So their future changed. So I love those stories. I love to hear that they didn't like what I said, or like that it was completely wrong or something, you know, Um, so that they can, they can create something that they really want to create. So you have your year ahead readings. How have you come to like peace with that? Because your head sometimes can be scary because you're, you know, talking about what's in front of the person. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's definitely something that over time I've learned the way I feel best about presenting the information. I feel most, you know, supportive, um, without like tiptoeing a line of, I don't want to say morality, but like, you know, it's like fear. I don't want to get anyone in that place. So I would say, you know, like you mentioned, I talk about, I always pull a couple cards of like, where are you right now today? And know that like, based on that energy and information, it's how the rest of this is going to pan out. And like you just mentioned, we always have the opportunity to redirect or make a shift or speed things up. If you're not liking how long it's taking things like that. So as I'm working through, you know, I kind of arrange the cards in a circle and I'm working through more so themes and like, and I remember, for example, you know, and it's, it's the openness to metaphor too, because I remember you've done your head readings for me where you saw a scene of me doing a particular thing. And maybe I never physically actually did that, but the metaphor of what that action represented, I did do. So I try to let them know, like I'm presenting options of how this could show up or move through you, but think more about the overarching theme and the feeling of it and how you express it could be different than what I'm, this is just a way for me to like explain it to you, you know? Yeah. That's such a, that's such a good point. And the thing is, yeah, like these, the way that we're receiving information is all metaphorical. So sometimes, you know, I might see it in this way in your life, but it's just an example of how it can show up. And sometimes it's like dead on, you know, and, but then sometimes it's really just about like what that represents and what that means. My favorite is when um, you can like show somebody the path and like, they really want you to like rearrange the path, you know, right there, you know, like when they're like, no, no, but like, can you make this edit? And I sometimes like try to show paths of the future in a way that um, lets them understand how much their free will matters and like how much their energy and everything that matters. And sometimes, you know, you get somebody who comes and is cleaning up a mess that like has been created over years. You know, like you might have somebody that like has been in this relationship for 15 years and now, and it's been a mess for 12 of them. And now they're in this place that they're like seeing that this is like a mess and that they have to clean it up. And they, you know, sometimes we want these cleanup times to be very fast, but there's this humbling too, to kind of, cause I've had those moments in my life that I'm like, holy crap, like look at this mess that I've made over seven years, you know, like I've, this didn't happen yesterday or anything. And being able to humble into that moment and be like, okay, like, look at that. Look at what seven years of choices like did. And here I am. And having to like, to know that you're going to be able to change that, but sometimes we need time. And that's why. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I do agree. Like there's times where I'll have clients ask like, when will this say health, you know, when will this really hard time in my health be over? And it sucks to say it's showing up in like 10 months from now, nine months from now. And, but then it also gives them permission to not shame themselves. If it starts to take a while, you know, like if I had said it's going to happen next week and it didn't, that's so disappointing. And that starts to feel like a failure on their end, you know? So it's, there's that too, like the way that sometimes when things move slow, it's for the best because we actually get it done properly. Like we do it right. And then the other thing that, as you were sharing that I kind of thought of was another big one I'll get is, you know, what a lot of women uh, with fertility, like, I don't want to say issues, but um, on a journey fertility wise and saying like, when is it going to come through? And I always mention like the months that I see 
the universe supporting that, the sacral, not necessarily, yes, you are definitely going to be pregnant during that time. These are openings. Yeah. The openings, like the womb looks really safe and supported. The, the energy of maternal energies there, maybe the mother wound needs to be addressed that month. And that's the next stepping stone to get to, you know, pregnancy, but I'll mention the months where it feels best, where they should put more intention behind it. They could make it the focus where it feels healthy to do so. And then the months where it just feels like it's going to be a shit show, like ignore it. Don't worry about it. Put it off your plate. Like Yeah. Don't stress about it. That's so funny. I see that too. I see them as openings. So I'm like, I see, you know, I get a lot of dating. I'm like, it's so weird. You have this opening in February and then you have this other one in like September and here, and I'm sure that has something to do with their chart too. I'm sure there's something like happening, but it's just fascinating too, to like these reminders to that. Cause sometimes we're so used to doing these efforts and we're disappointed that they worked for three months, but then like they're not working for the next three months. And there's just so much more going on than just your efforts. <laughs> so yeah. uh, yeah. that's funny. So you see, I see them as I see openings. Like I always, I usually use that word. I'm like, oh, there's an opening here. I wonder what that is. I haven't asked. Well, Kate, so the ways that we can work with you, I, I really, I'm not in the space right now, but I do want to take your class one day. So you have the card classes. Yes. I will get through everybody's classes at some point. Like I'm just such a forever student and I love like seeing everybody's classes and I want to sign up. So you, you've been on my radar. I'm doing Chelsea right now. I'm not the best student, but you know, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do Chelsea's too. That would be talk about a mega reading, a chart reading from her, a spirit guide, like kind of me, you. It would be a mega option. True. Well, we should do like a joint reading uh, session in person on the land one day. Yeah, it's going to be very cool. But um, yeah, I would love to have you in my course. We start, it's an eight week course, and um, I start again in the new year, but um, I'll have that information shared with, with you and for any listeners. But um, it's cool. definitely a chance to. You do it a few times a year? Yeah, about four to five times a year, just depending on like how things are flowing. But yeah. Nice. And then you do your card readings and you have your year ahead soon. Yes. yes. My year ahead reading is definitely going to be ramping up as we get towards the end of the year. So that's a huge offering um, for this winter season. But all my one-on-one readings are available as well. Like a mix of tarot and then also like channeled messages and my water reading um, kind of combo- combines both like the notes of an energy scan plus uh, tarot support. So it just depends on what you're needing right now. But yeah, there's a, there's an option. Hmm. Kate, you know what I've noticed in you for knowing you for a little bit of time and reading you and stuff like that, it looks like the cards are teaching you seasons, like almost like they're teaching you, which is because you started saying that like, um, the fool goes through this, like, you know, it's like going through this journey and it, I feel like almost like you're understanding like, okay, this is the current season I am in, which mm-hmm. is such a big, where you were, where most, most of us, right. Are in this like perpetual sunlight, you know, sometimes, or we're like, we're like, Oh, it's supposed to be sunny all the time. Like it should be, which growing up in Miami or living in LA, you get used to thinking like, Oh, we're supposed, which is actually one of the very intentional reasons for me leaving Miami to Asheville was like, I wanted to experience the seasons because I was so used to being on all the time because I grew up in Miami. So is that true? Am I making that up? You're absolutely right. I do think I'm more open to the idea that there's different, like, like you're saying seasons and chapters and energetically, they're going to feel different and they're going to support each other. LA is definitely a city where it's like, it's go time all the time before it's on the East coast. And now I'm just like, Oh, I can actually just take a break. And it's, it's going to actually keep me more in flow than if I try to stay in my masculine, I guess. 
I'm learning that and it's not the, it hasn't been like the easiest thing. No, not when you're, and I'm like, I'm deathly afraid of like the winter time, you know, not, not that it's not because of the cold or whatever. I'm just like, what is going to happen to me? I'm probably gonna be like escaping to Florida every second I get, but yeah, I can see that in you. And that's like, that's the beauty of the work too. Like the work heals you in so many ways. It just looks like the card, the cards have, um, like you've embodied the lessons of the cards, which is such a beautiful thing to accomplish. Yeah, that's such a compliment. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Are you looking forward to the nature in, because you can like go outside of, I mean, Washington's supposed to be beautiful. I've never been. And I'll be about, I'll be definitely in nature. Um, I'll be about 45 minutes south of Seattle. So it's actually in a pretty small little fisherman town. So there is water still around, but it's definitely more, more secluded, more rural in feeling. So I'm excited, but someday it's funny that like you are working on like the acres and the, and the farm and the space, because that's totally a lofty goal of mine for later on in life to settle in and, and live more simply. It's funny how, like, like you said, the, the work and the way our gifts start to speak to us, like they actually make us simplify <laughs> like a lot more. A hundred percent. I mean that that's like all we're, that's all like, we're calling being called to do. So you, I mean, Benny and I were envisioning our land for like seven years and we had no, like we were so broke. Like, I don't even know what we were thinking that we would ever be able to afford something like that or do something like that. So, you know, we just got to put it out there. And I hope that you guys come to visit us soon in our land too. Yes. Thank you again for having me today. Thank you, Kate. I love you. I, I love having you. Thank you for the work you're doing. Like, I know that it's not easy to like come out and be like, this is what I do. And like being intuitive. And I'm just so proud that you took that. I, I, I thank you for our friendship and everything. So, so check out Kate guys, either book a reading with her or take her class. Maybe you'll find me in your class. There's somebody in like Chelsea's class. When I popped in, they were like, Oh, why is Nikki here? And I'm like, I'm a student guys. <laughs> I can be teacher and student. <laughs> I can't wait to have you in class soon and and see you thank you thank you so much for listening I love you guys so much if you love what you're hearing would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend that little review does so much it's so damn helpful you don't even know so thank you for that and if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts enroll in my three level program Soul Academy or join my free community Soul Collective I'd love to have you there the links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much.